0: hey 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 closet busters come on and gather around it's time once again to kick down those closet doors of life we're here to escape our bs explore our fears and elevate our self-expression i'm your host rick clemens bold move expert and coming out coach and i'm going to take you to the party the pulpit the wake and back to the party of living your life uncloseted so come on, grab a hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step in to living your truth as we explore more stories, tips, and tricks for living your life uncloseted. Now let's get to the show. Hey, 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 closet dwellers and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloseted. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, and today we're going to cast aside some traditional roles because sometimes roles just need to be thrown out the window because that's the way you're going to live your life on closeted. That's how you're going to step into being yourself. And whether it comes to womanhood, motherhood, being a man, being a woman, you know what? There's this new emergence of people in the sphere. And I shouldn't say new because they've been around forever, but it seems like they're everywhere in the news right now and everywhere in politics. People are wanting to like put them in their place where they don't need to be because, well, they're just uninformed they don't get it. They can't wrap their heads around it. And I'm talking about the fight for trans equality. And you know what? I have had numerous friends who are are in this community, and they have taught me so much. And I felt really thrilled when one of my publicity friends said, hey, I've got someone you need to be talking to. She's a former real housewife of Miami. She's an LGBT activist. She has just recently been... Given a beautiful designation as Variety Magazine's Woman of Empowerment, her name is Lauren Foster, and she is joining us here on Life Uncloseted. Welcome, Lauren, to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: Hi, Rick. Thank you so much for having me. It's great. Absolutely. I'm looking
0: forward to chatting with you and all your listeners. That's awesome. Well, and I know I'm gonna I'm gonna give the listeners a little secret. She is lounging in the hamptons lucky her she's joining us poolside and enjoying her life as all of us should because she is being exactly who she's meant to be but this hasn't always been the case because i i know in reading your bios and everything the very first time this kind of really cropped its ugly head is when you were modeling and somebody finally figured out wait this person isn't exactly who we thought so um why don't we start maybe there or any other stories previous? Because I know your your journey has been amazing. It's been beautiful. You now help people in this arena. But what was that first encounter really like when you're like, okay, I'm dealing with some crap now?
1: Well, you know, Rick, I always lived my life as a woman. I never identified as anything other than that. Mm-hmm. And I never, you know, I always, I, I started modeling, my modeling career when I was about 17 and um when i first started modeling in south africa what my friend who was an agent um scouted me and I know I was never modeling as a trans person. I always modeled as a woman. You know, I I don't, I also don't believe there's so much going on about this trans revolution. Yep. And there's good things and bad things about it. Like, I don't think that anybody ever should hire me because I'm trans. I think you should hire me because I sell your dresses because Mm -hmm. that's how I think. And I know that sometimes I'm kind of a bad trans person because I think that People are screaming out loud and clear, oh, I'm trans and equal rights and, and that's great. And I think it's, it's moving this, you know, our community forward and making people talk about the community. But I've always felt, I, I've always identified as a woman, never as a mm-hmm. trans woman. So I, I modeled all over the world and I ended up in Mexico City and went on, on the casting, you know, my mm-hmm. agent, Never knew I was trans, and I just went on a casting, and I got this job working—you know—doing a five-page editorial for Vogue, and it was, you know, it, it was, you know, every model's ultimate goal is to be in Vogue magazine, and so I was super nervous, and you know, I didn't want to get my hopes up. And I went to the casting, and I ended up getting the job. And I did the job and I never said anything to anybody. And it came out like, you know, two weeks after we had done the shoot, I picked up the magazine and, you know, I went home and, you know, kept on going over and looking at it again and again and again. And I was thinking to myself, I started crying Mm -hmm. because I thought to myself, I'm, I'm in this magazine. This is the culmination of everything of my modeling career um, and I couldn't really tell anybody, you know, this is so great and I'm trans and look at what I've done because, you know, you just wouldn't speak about that sure, in those days. And, um, and that was kind of a big moment for me. And then about four months later, I was in, I think it was about four months later, I was in LA and at, I was at this store called Galson's, which is in Pacific Palisade, yep. which is where yep. I, I moved to. And I was at getting groceries and I was checking out and I think it was the inquirer and I bought, you know, I bought the inquirer and I was going through it and there was a two page spread and it said Vogue model used to be a man. Wow. And basically the photographer had sold my story to Reuters or one of those, those um, companies where they yep. you know just sell your story and I mean my heart skipped a beat and I I went home and I showed my boyfriend at the time and it was just it was the worst experience because you know that I was outed you know nationally and the hard part well the easy part was was that you know this is pre-internet because of course you yep. know yep. I'm not 20 and and probably in like a week or so, as I've said numerous times, it was probably, that magazine was probably lining the bottom of a birdcage. Uh-huh. You know, no one saw it other than the people that read it that week or whatever, or saw it in a dental office or something. So I I felt exploited and it was really difficult. But very quickly afterwards, you know, the story really died down and no really, nobody really talked about it anymore. Right. nowadays if that happened you know you would be you know the whole world would know because the internet would just plaster that story everywhere Right. so yeah
0: that's what happened so as it, let's just kind of bring that to present day and you just brought this up really well that if this happened today because of social media and everything it would be everywhere so thinking about that and i know you've you've had other stuff that you've done throughout life but what do you think would have been different for you today if that had happened? What would your life be like is if it was happening right now?
1: I mean I think I, I can only think of somebody like uh, my friend Andrea where you know it was all over the press and everything it's like a trans model does vogue blah 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 and you were kind of um, talked about a lot and everybody p- would praise you and, and everybody would think oh isn't this amazing this is wonderful but again, it, I kind of go back to my story about like I think that we should just you know I transitioned because I felt I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. I didn't transition because I think I'm trans, and I know that sometimes people have a hard time with that. But that's just how I am. I think people would would now would you know they they cheer you on and they just think it's amazing and. Mm-hmm. But you're cheering me on and thinking it's amazing because you're thinking, oh, this person used to be a man and now they're a woman.
0: Right. Yeah, they, don't, they don't, don't wrap their head around what this really is. And I, I realize for everybody it's going to be different, no different than someone coming out of the closet that's gay or lesbian because they, they can't wrap their head around these concepts of, well, this is how I see myself. This is who I've always been. And right. And I almost want to say... And I have many times to someone heterosexually, this is who you've always been. So do you want me to really say, look, you're a heterosexual. Oh, let's, you know, it's like, this is who I know I am. Now I realize people have to go through this because this is the way our funky little human heads work. But I love how you're positioning this, Lauren, because I'm just a woman and I transitioned because I was a woman. Not because I was a man who wanted to become a woman, which I get. That can be some help in explaining things to people at times, but that's not what this is all about. This is who you were. It's who you've always been.
1: Right. You know, and and I'm actually, I, I'm I'm actually single now. I've been single for about six months, and I'm dating, and it's very interesting to be dating uh, as a trans person now. And I never never tell guys that I'm dating that I'm trans um, if they. Google me or or something you know they might they would obviously find out, but I just think that nowadays, especially millennials, which is yeah a lot of the guys that I date are millennials um, they 're pretty accepting about it now, but that 's probably because I act and and carry myself through my life as a woman i 'm not mm-hmm. do you know what I mean I know that yeah, that's yeah, so no, hard I to. Totally it's a different dynamic, and it forces everything. You know, it's it's just the excessive communication kind of alleviates tension and and resolves more issues than you might think it would. But um, you know, it's just it's a lot easier, I guess, for trans people nowadays. I just saw that there was a huge article that actually funnily enough came out in variety this week about the trans community being accepted into um at the entertainment world. Now that's that's great and you know Laverne Cox is amazing as are, you know, my friend Trace lasette She's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um but they're all identifying themselves as trans people who are acting. Now I I was an I am an actor. I didn't I never, you know, don't hire me to do this job because I'm a trans person. Just hire me to do the job because you think that I would, you know, act beautifully in this role.
0: (sighs) Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense because I think it's the next layer of acceptance. It's like, does it really matter? And I guess, you know, I can see some people's arguments of, okay, but trans... Trans individuals should be getting the jobs to play the trans roles. Okay, yeah, I get that. But then we can also say, well, then the gay actors should be getting the gay actors roles. And I want people to get hired, doesn't matter the industry, because of who they are and the talent they bring to the role or to the position.
1: 100%. 100%. Don't hire me to play a trans person <laughs> in a movie. Hire me to play a woman
0: in a movie. Right, right. And if that woman happens to be a character who's trans, then okay, fine. But That's fine. Yeah. And I guess for me, this was years ago. It was back in 1996 through like 2000. I worked in a software company in Orange County and one of our support individuals was a trans female and the mm-hmm. reason that we had her there was because she was amazing it had nothing to do like oh let's check the box which you know back in 1996 there wasn't even a box to say okay we've got our 1% or 2% or whatever it is trans gays whatever it was just she was phenomenal on the phone and she was very good at what she did we did not hire her because oh look we have our token trans person now on staff and i wish people could get past this thing in so many different ways of you know, I'm, I am I want this person in my life just because I want this person in my life. I want them in this job because I think they're the best suited for it. I want to see them on the screen because, wow, they're an amazing performer. That's the thing I wish we as a community, the LGBTQ community, could help move that needle forward more. And I get the fight. I, I'm not discounting the trans fight whatsoever because there is so much bullshit right now going on around this. But just accept that people are people and this just happens to be their story, plain and simple.
1: That's 100% what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I so mean, as, it's, it's just, go ahead. No, so as you're out there doing your work and you say this is 100% what you're talking about, what do you, what do you say to the young people, you know, the millennials and then even the younger ones? I mean, we've got, we got kids coming out trans now, you know, five, six, seven, whatever ages those are at this stage. How do you talk to them about, this is what I want you to really learn? What is it you say to them to help them really understand what this movement should really be about?
1: Uh, You know, right now I have an amazing job. I work at the University of Miami Hospital in in Miami, and they hired me because I'm great with patients. They Mm -hmm. hired me, yes, to be the director of the LGBTQ clinic and to help trans people through their medical transition and their journey. And it's great for me, for them to have a trans person to, because no one knows their journey like I do. Right. But they, they've hired, and basically, I, it's amazing because they hired me to do that job. And my job has taken on a complete other turn as well, because the, the CEO of the hospital saw how wonderfully all patients, oncology patients, everybody reacted to just me as a person, not me because I'm trans. Right. And the way that they, uh, you know, the way that I deal with those patients, they love that. And so my role now has changed completely. I'm, I, I take care of all the HPPs, the VIP patients mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and things like that. So, you know, my role has taken on a completely different terms because of that exact thing that we're talking about right now.
0: Mm-hmm. It's about being good at what you do. And that's just like
1: exactly. That. It's being who I am and being good at my job or being good as in my role. It's got nothing to do with me being friends.
0: But Lauren, don't you think part of that, and it was interesting because I was just interviewing another guest um earlier today. And um we have this similar conversation that it's about you really resonating with yourself. And when you can resonate with yourself and be good with yourself, then you can be good with other people. You can project that out. But those that struggle with being good with themselves, it seems like they bring that to the table and then that opens the door for everybody else to say, oh, okay, well, we need to treat you like this because this is how you show up. Personally, I, me being a gay man, is about, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 things down the list of who I am. I'm a dad, I'm a radio, you know, podcast host, I'm a coach, I'm a husband, I'm a, you know, all these other things. Uh, oh, by the way, yeah, I happen to be gay. It's not... Yeah, but that, but it, you wouldn't want
1: to be referred to as this great gay journalist or this great gay dad. You're just a great journalist or a great dad.
0: Right. Exactly. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. this, and I realize the importance of us keeping these things in the forefront because we are far from, you know, we are far from acceptance in society. However, sometimes I think we put them so far in the forefront that we cause some of these problems ourselves instead of let's just be because the more we can normalize. And I know in our communities, <laughs> I know I'm pissing some people off right now with what I'm saying. But the more we just live normal, most people aren't going to even question. They're just like, "Oh, right. that's Warren. Oh, that's Rick." You know. And it isn't until you know. And if they do get, you know, if they get torqued by it, then it isn't because I was hiding anything. It's like, did I walk up to you and say, "Oh, are you heterosexual? Are you not divorced? Are you?" You know, I don't go through this list with anybody I meet. It's like, "Oh, hey, I'm Rick, and your name? Okay, cool." Only life goes on.
1: Right, right. I, I just, I, I feel like that's where I want this to end up. This story, that's where I want all the activism and everything that I do. And, and I think, and in that respect, I think I'm a great example of that. I, I ne- have never had a man, um, end a relationship with me because he found out that I was trans, ever. Mm-hmm. And I understand that maybe that has happened to trans people. And I don't discount their relations or their struggles at all, but it's just I want it's I want the story to end like this: to be a guy meets a girl, they end up dating, they end up married, they end up having a relationship, and that shouldn't be an issue. That's mm-hmm. where I want this to end up,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I wish that for everyone, not just oh my L- god, LGBT totally. people. I want everyone to be able to do that. And again, I, I think you and I are on the same page. We appreciate this pieces of the story, but there's so much more to the story, you know?
1: There's so much more to us than, right. uh, than being trans or gay right. or whatever it is. Right. I mean, I, did, I also wish that the tea wasn't in the LGBTQIA um, uh, story because trans is... It's not my sexuality. No. Trans is my gender identification. You know, lesbian, gay, bisexual, whatever. That's all a sexual, you know.
0: Yep. yep. You know. It something. is. But, and, it's and not, it's but
1: trans is not sexual. It's, it's, being trans, transgender doesn't define my sexuality at all.
0: But this is where society trips over that. I have been on so many panels and talked in so many different places. And when we get to the transgender piece of the story... I can almost see the audience like just go, oh, well, that's because this person is a a female and they really want to be with a male. That's not it at all. (laughs) They go immediately to the sexuality piece, and that's not what it is. That is not where this starts. I know I'm preaching to the choir with you right now, but it bothers me that this is how things get laid out when it's like, okay, folks, let's step aside, and we do a really good job on the balance that I've been on. We're going to move to a part of the conversation which actually doesn't begin with sexuality. It begins with what this person sees in the mirror. It's how they identify. It's what they feel. This is different than what you just heard Rick, the gay guy, talk about and what you just heard Angie, the lesbian, talk about and what you just heard Tom, the bisexual, talk about. What we're about to step into has nothing.